Good evening and good morning, good afternoon, everyone, boys and girls, vampires and werewolves. It is my bloody podcast time. Oh, I'm so glad to be here this frightful evening with the co-host, with the co-most, Preston Barta. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm Brian Kluger, and this is our third episode of My Bloody Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Uh, we're, we're, we're having too much fun with this. I'm so happy. We've got a lot, a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. We have, we have, uh, we have a, a big horror movie convention coming to town in the DFW area. We'll talk about, we have lots of horror movie news, my bloody recommendations, and of course, our big topic of today, which is Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives, arguably the best film of the series. Interestingly enough, last week we covered Tremors, Kevin Bacon, moving on to Friday the 13th, Part 6, which mm-hmm. does not have Kevin Bacon. However, Kevin Bacon is related by blood to the Friday the 13th series. But Oh, the connections! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the connections! Oh, God! Oh, my good. So, so before we started recording this, uh, my bloody podcast, episode three, Preston uh, told me he was listening to a particular song. Get him psyched up! Get him amped! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta know what song that was. It's uh, the song from Lost Boys, I Still Believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, can you tell everybody where that song comes into play in that movie? It comes at the fairground, or I guess the Atlantic City-looking area. And uh, what's his name? Timothy something? I can't remember his last name. The guy who sings it. But anyway, he's like this... Oiled up, muscular dude with a ponytail and like purple Hulk looking pants. And he is just going to town on his saxophone while he plays this track called I Still Believe. While uh, all the Lost Boys are watching in the crowd with the rest of the town. It is so good. And it's so funny because the, this guy does not look like he should be playing saxophone. <laughs> He's uh-huh. built like a wrestler all oiled up. For sure. Oh yeah, uh, and, <laughs> and you got to think it's, it's just really funny. Uh, oh man, just that whole that whole scene is so good. The whole movie is so good. It's like one of the perfect mixes of comedy and horror in Lost mm-hmm. Boys. But that song and that scene is so funny, and just him wailing on the saxophone while he sings to a bunch of like punk rock bikers just go screaming for him. It was just really funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that song I still was believe. <laughs> I still believe. Yeah. Thank you, Preston. We hope you enjoy the veal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, we have a lot to get to today. First up, though, we have to talk about what's coming to the DFW area. It is a big horror movie convention that's been around for a number of years. I've been to most of these. I've even been to win. It's called Texas Frightmare Weekend. And it is just, it's like Comic-Con, but all horror movies. And And affordable. Yes, very affordable. Easier access to all your favorite horror movie celebs uh, and all horror merchandise. I've actually been going for quite a while when it was like just really small. They had it like in a very, very small motel. Uh, And now they've grown to like, it's a big deal uh, mm-hmm. but yes Preston tell them tell everybody what's so great about Texas Frightmare Weekend and who they can expect this year well this year uh, is the 13th year for Texas Frightmare Weekend and as a way to kind of celebrate that they invited the everybody that's played Jason in the Friday the 13th series so you have the unique opportunity to take a picture with them in costume 
nonetheless. Which is badass. Like, to see Hell yeah, all the Friday the 13th Jasons and take a picture with them, that's, that's worth the price of admission for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just like a unique opportunity where you get to, you know, meet your favorite talent and filmmakers. Like, they got Clive Barker this year. They have uh, Misha Barton, which... Uh, was like a late addition and kind of threw me for a loop because I mostly know her as the throw-up girl from Sixth Sense and the OC for sure, but I have not seen any of her. I They look like straight-to-DVD. Not No offense to her, but they look like straight-to-DVD kind of uh, horror films that I will probably never see. Um, and who else is there? Oh, they got like the... Billy Zane. Yeah, Bill, Billy Zane. I, I really just want to, even though this is not the right movie at all, I just really want to say uh, you were the bomb in The Phantoms, yo. <laughs> it's it's it, A lot of people are like, you're like, what? Billy, Billy Zane? Like, you only know him from basically uh, from Zoolander Titanic. Titanic. But he was in a movie called Critters. He was in a movie... Um, called Demon Knight Rising in Demon Knight, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight in Dead Calm. I mean, the dude is a badass, and he will be there. Like, it's Billy Zane, man. That's a, a handsome man right there. Why is he not in the Marvel movies right now? I don't get it. it seems like he's. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, and we got we got we got Matthew Lillard coming, which. I guess if you're a Scream fan or SLC Punk, uh, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Uh, it's, uh, you get uh, to meet all these people. And like I said, like if you've gone to a Comic-Con before, you would see like kind of how regimented and kind of cold everything is. Here it's all like warm and like it's real easy to talk to these people. Uh, it, it's super cool. Ron Perlman. It'll, it'll... Oh, good. Go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead. Oh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman, uh, Hellboy himself, coming in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I just know that I've seen uh, in the five years that I've been going to it that there's just uh, the even the actors and the the filmmakers that are there signing autographs. Like, even if you don't have, I'm, this is no way saying that you should do it this way. But if you don't have the money, a lot of them, you can just still go up there and talk to them. And sometimes they'll still take a photo with you regardless, because they're it, they're really they're much more about uh, just the appreciation of the fan base and compared to like something like Sci-Fi Expo or Co- Dallas Comic-Con, which is, you know, Ben Affleck charges two hundred fifty dollars to get a picture and a photo with him. On top of the parking fees and uh, the entrance fee, and it's just a huge money pit. And here, like, it's just like it's just the love and the celebration, the community, which is what horror is all about. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, there is a community revolved around this, a smaller one than Comic Con, and everybody feels at mm-hmm. home, and it's really cool to like meet people and like, oh, we all love horror movies because they're so awesome. And, it, and it, you know, they, you have, like, the celebs you have, but you also have, like, the panels. You have all the merchandise mm-hmm. and stuff you won't find anywhere else but here. Uh, it's, it's just real laid back and cool. And plus, like, the cosplay. People come in cosplay is really kind mm-hmm. of freaky sometimes because you see some of the pe- things that scared you and they really go all out. You know, those $10,000 costumes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, who's coming? Pretty much every actor from the entire Child's Play series is coming. Uh, so, if you're a big fan of the Chucky Child's Play movies, you're gonna be able to see pretty much. They, they're bringing like eight people from that from those movies. So, even the originals. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're bringing in some of the kids from It. Do you? Do, are you excited about that at all? Um, I mean, it's cool that they're doing it, but um, I don't know. I it it'd be just kind of cool just to see them and maybe see them talk at like a panel. But I'm not necessarily interested in like talking to them personally or getting their autograph or anything like that. I like it fine enough, but it's still so fresh. 
Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I think that's, I mean, I don't know who's paying for a ticket to see them, but nonetheless, it's kind of cool. Um, Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, pretty much anything you've ever wanted in horror. If you like the Hellraiser series, most of those people will be here, including Pinhead, Doug Bradley himself. Uh, Adrian Barbeau from Swamp Thing Creep Show in the Fog. I mean, I think if you're my age, uh, we all had um, we all had crushes and certain dreams about Adrian Barbeau. So, uh, and plus, she was amazing in John Carpenter's um, Escape from New York. Just excellent people all around. I'm very excited for this. And mm-hmm. uh, are you going uh, – so, so Texas Frightmare Weekend is May 4th, 5th, 6th, um, this uh, coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go all three days? Probably not all three days. Maybe just Friday and Saturday. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, there's it's, it's a lot of horror. But we're going to try to get uh, interviews with everybody. We're going to try to see if we can get Preston to – you know, get a uh, Billy Zane to talk about the Phantom. <laughs> cool it, Zane. Who <laughs> put a cork in it, Billy Zane, as Zoolander would say. And then, um, you know, in addition to this, like some, if you're really into horror films, you probably heard of places like Scream Factory and Arrow Video. Uh, they'll most likely have booths there where you can talk to the reps and see what new movies are coming out. And they usually have like a mini horror movie festival where they screen like indie horror films and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I know arrow is going to be there for sure. Cause they're one of the sponsors and I think they're doing the Hills have eyes as like one of their, like they, they created like an exclusive cover for it or is it last house on the left? I think it's last house on the left. Yeah, because I think there's a Last House on the Left actor coming to town. Also, if you're into the Saw movies, a bunch of those people will be there as well. Um, yeah, it's if you're a horror fan, just this is your mecca. If you haven't heard of this already, you're going to love it. Going yeah. to love it. Um, and, of course, I think we have to mention that our good friend uh, Cole Clay's coming in town for it too, right? Yes, he is. He's oh. going to be staying with me Friday night, and then we're going to go on Friday. I mean, on Saturday. Nicely done. That's going to be super fun. Uh, and blow all our money. Yeah. So is there anything, like, because I know you've been here, and you know, like, just like Comic-Con, they have, like, cool horror movie figures and posters and statues and movies, mm-hmm. posters. Is there anything you're going to buy no matter what if you see? Um, I was eyeballing the Mondo posters that they have. So they're doing like, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They have a cool one of like, which is the best shot of the whole movie when he's dancing with his chainsaw in the golden light during the sunset as his victim runs away in the back of the truck. And, uh, they're doing... Dream Child, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and they have really cool posters for that where, like, one of a, a little kid grabbing hit one of his knife fingers and then there's another one that makes it look like it's, like, Jaws uh, with the hand coming out of the water type of look. So they have some cool stuff there. Uh, they're generally around, like, $45, so not too bad, but they look, like, really good. I probably won't get one this year just because I've been – I like to kind of eye the originals or some of the movies that I really like. I'm not a huge fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, or uh, Dream Child's okay, but it's not Dream Warriors. Um, <laughs> so I, I like getting like just a bunch of random things. Uh, like in years past, I've gotten a Shining tie that has the twins on it. And I've actually worn it during like interviews that I've done on camera and gotten some pretty good compliments on. And then I have a a night of the living dead one that I like a lot. That's green. And uh, so you'll find some like really strange stuff, like nice, cool, exclusive t-shirts. And so I'm just open to all sorts of things. I'm just going to bring lots of money and just go wild. 
Yep, that's what I've done. I One of my favorite T-shirts that I own I picked up from Texas Frightmare Weekend, and it's a pink-colored T-shirt with Buffalo Bill on it uh, <laughs> from Silence of the Lambs in his tuck-in pose, and it says, you don't know what pain is. <laughs> it's my motto in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that on the table at Texas Frightmare Weekend. I was like, mine. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that happens quite often there. Oh, I love it. I love it. So that's that the coolest things you can find there at Texas Frightmare Weekend. So definitely, if you see us, if you see Preston, you see uh, Cole, you see myself, uh, come say hello. Um, I might have a couple things in my pocket to give away if you come say hi and mention my bloody podcast. Um, so, so yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right, Texas Frightmare Weekend. Is there anything else we have to say about this before we move on? Mm, I have a couple of interviews lined up already. I've done one already, which I'll talk about a little bit more during our feature uh, review that we do. And I'm doing one tomorrow with Charles Band, who's a producer of a lot of great horror films from like the seventies upward, uh, doing like from beyond and troll. And, uh, so that'll be exciting. And then I'm going to be talking to, uh, Ryan Turek, who he's like one of the guys behind Blumhouse. So I'm hoping to talk to him a little bit more about Halloween coming up, uh, this Halloween. And uh, then I'm going to be talking to the Troll 2 filmmakers. Uh, and I actually just watched that tonight with my wife. And uh, she, uh, I mean, I, I love her so very much. And I, 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 I hate that I, uh, you know, make her watch some of these very just absolutely off the wall. And this is the lowest of the low you can get with Troll 2. So... Uh, Neil Bog. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to take her to dinner and do some nice, just uh, you know, watch Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, I wouldn't mind just watching that myself. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of something that's uh, that she absolutely loves that I'm just not a huge fan of. Blonde uh, Ambition uh, with Jessica Simpson. I have no idea. Mm, <laughs> She's got really good taste, so I can't. All right, so I can't really. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad and sorry you like Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Texas Frightmare Weekend. We look forward to all the interviews, and I'm, uh, I'm excited. But we yeah. got, we got more stuff to talk about. We got, we got all sorts of things to talk about today. Let's let's first talk about some news from Hasbro. Um, Hasbro has just reached a deal um, to uh, acquire the Power Rangers franchise, um, mm. and mo- notably in the horror realm. Do you remember that little furry creature from the eighties and nineties named My Pet Monster? Yeah, it came out in nineteen eighty six, the same year as our feature review. Yes, uh, that little blue little devil looking thing with the purple face, the big yellow eyes, big green nose and teeth. So Hasbro is acquiring that too. So my pet monster might have another live action, big budget feature film, the likes of Battleship. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. Nothing's happened yet, but Hasbro has picked that up. And you know Hasbro is kind of, what movies has Hasbro made right now? Besides Battleship. G.I. Joe? Is that G.I. Joe? Yeah. Okay. So... I think. They... They've been in the movie game for a little bit, like Hasbro Studios. And, you know, you'd like to think... Yeah, so... They've done done quite a bit. Um, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Battleship, and then just like a bunch of like my little pony <laughs> yeah, yes 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 and i guess they're going to uh i mean i guess isn't hasbro transformers too yeah transformers yeah so they're a pretty big company um so 
Oh, you know what? You know what also Hasbro is? They do the Ouija movies, the Ouija and Ouija Origin of Evil, because of the board game. That makes sense. So you got to think, my pet monster. I'm very excited about this because I remember I had a my pet monster. I think a lot of us did. So, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking I'm looking forward to this. Do 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 we need another my pet monster movie? Well, I guess the last one came out a, a long time ago, but I think it's time. Uh, yeah, um, it definitely needs it. Uh, I don't know when's the last time you've ever like watched anything from that uh, movie, but it's real short. Um, it remind it. It's like one of those movies that it's only good if you watched it when you were a kid or you were familiar with it when it came out because it reminds me of uh, what was it called? Adventures in Dinosaur City that came out in like the 90s or late 80s. Um, it's just like one of those hour-long movies that's just cheesy as hell and it has Colin Fox in it. I don't. It, it, do you remember who he is? Well, he's, I'm trying to remember who Colin Fox was. He's in Tommy Boy. He's the the old man that owns uh, that one of the shops that. Uh, oh Chris yes. Farley. He's yes. like, there's got to be a guarantee on the box. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll buy from you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's that guy, and then it also has. Uh, Speaking of the o- the OC, has uh, Kelly Rowan in it who plays Kirsten, and she was also in The Gate. That's great. Oh, The Gate. So good. Yeah. And it's a weird movie, kid that turns into a monster and there's like a dog show in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so good. So, yeah, this Hasbro, this big company, you're just kind of like, okay, um, that's going to come out like because we've had a big Power Rangers film already so I bet you we're going to get another one because that made money Uh, but with My Pet Monster oh I just I feel like there's tons of marketing and like toy sales in the future of this yeah so I hope they do it practically I mean most, I mean, you would hope that they would do most of it practically. I could see, like, some CG in it. Or, like, even, like, I mean, I doubt they'll do, like, Gollum-type Weta stuff. But, uh, like, motion capture, which, oh, my God, yeah. they got Andy Circus to play my pet monster. <laughs> <laughs> or Terry, no Terry. <laughs> yes. That would be so cool. Uh, yeah. I'm, yes. I, I'm all in for this, as I imagine Preston is, right? Yeah, it it needs a fix. All right. So there's that. My pet monster. Look for more news for that. Uh, Let's move on to a new bit of news, a new horror movie by one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, Sam Raimi, who gave us the best movie ever made ever, Army of Darkness, along with Evil Dead 1 and 2. Mm Mm-hmm. Along with his, uh, his, his filmmaking partner, Alexandre Aha. Aha! Aha! <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. Aha, um, who gave us that amazing French film, High Tension. Also, the revamp of The Hills Have Eyes. Um, they are teaming up to make a movie called Crawl for Paramount, which is a low-budget horror film. That is already in pre-production. Alexandre Aha will direct and Sam Raimi will produce, but I bet both will kind of produce and direct at the same time. Um, The movie centers on a young woman who is struggling to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane in Florida, and she finds herself trapped inside a flooding house fighting for her life against Florida's most savage and feared predators. Predators. This is like the uh, logline of the film. So supposedly the predators are alligators. Yes. So I'm super excited about this because this just sounds like just easy, quick, and holy shit suspenseful type stuff. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I can't imagine being trapped in a hurricane in like a basement or a house when the flooding waters, and then all of a sudden, oh shit! There's you know man eating alligators and who knows what else trying to get you. Ugh, I'm, I, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
if it's anything like Lake Placid or that one scene in the movie Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so down. So um, I I haven't been the biggest fan of Alexander Aha's work. I just got to say it like that every time. But um, (laughs) I feel like he understands the genre really well. I spoke to him at fantastic fest one year for the movie horns with daniel radcliffe which i love that movie a lot yeah i guess you liked it a little more than i did but um but i'm always willing to give him a chance and i and i really like what paramount's doing right now with all these original horror films and sci-fi films with uh you know the quiet place and annihilation and mother's as much as I don't really like that movie, but hey, there's nothing else out there like it. And so, uh, yeah, they can continue doing this and uh, not making Transformers movies, and that would be great. Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm in. Um, the, the last movie Alexandre Aha did, I reviewed, and I hated it so much. It was called The Ninth Life of Louis Drax. And it's with Aaron Paul and a kid and all sorts of weird shit. And I just I dislike it so much. It was so bad. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, but there that is. I don't know. What do you? Uh, did you see that, Preston? No, the title alone was scary, so I just stayed away from it. It's best off. Yeah, you don't need to see that one. But with this new movie with Sam Raimi and him at the helm, I just kind of figure like, oh, high tension meets Evil Dead in a category five hurricane type situation more definitely more promising with the talent involved yes and you know you, you just want you want yeah. so uh, the movie centers on a woman who do you think this woman's going to be do you think they'll get uh back the chick from the remake evil dead movie what's her name she was in shameless i'm trying to remember um they, they did the, the, the one the one from suburgatory I think so. The, the 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 main one. The uh, oh, what's what's her name? Uh, Jane Levy. Jane Levy. Levy. Yes, 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 yes. Jane Levy. I could see yeah. that doing going that route, and I'd be mm-hmm. happy with that, even because she proved herself in that movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked her in that. Oh, I'm I'm just excited about this movie. So yeah, Sam Raimi, Alexandra Aha. I would imagine. Pre-production, hopefully start filming late year mm-hmm. and be out a year from this coming Halloween. I'm excited. Or February, you know. I'm yeah. just excited. I'm just excited for anything Sam Raimi. I mean, are you? Has that happened to you? Yeah. I, I love the guy. Me too. Me too. All right. Moving on. To a little bit of other news from our friends at Scream Factory. Preston, have yeah. you seen ever seen a movie called Brain Scan? Uh, yes, I have. Holy God, yes. It's never been on Blu-ray before. I don't think it's... I, mean, I think it's been on DVD once, maybe, or Laserdisc. It, it, just, it just hasn't been on home video in years and years and years and years and years. More than a decade. And finally, Scream yeah. Factory is bringing it to Blu-ray. For its first time debut on Blu-ray. And if you are unfamiliar, this is a 90s movie with the then-popular Edward Furlong. This is this is straight right after Terminator 2 when Edward Furlong was at his, his like, height only. Like, this was Terminator 2 and Brain Scan, basically it. Uh, it was before Pecker and Drugs. Yeah. May, maybe Drugs. I don't know. Yes. And it is... Oh, my goodness. So, you know... In the in the in the vein of something like recently like Ready Player One, this centers on like kind of like a virtual reality type of video game thing, but or horror. Lawnmower Man. <laughs> yes, Lawnmower Man. Oh my God, we've got Lawnmower Man. I have so much to say about that movie. Yeah, uh, let's keep that in their back pocket. Yes, uh, but Brain Scan. What do you remember about Brain Scan? Uh, I remember he had a really badass room. Uh, it, his mom who died and then his, he had kind of like a deadbeat dad, but somehow still managed to have a really awesome room that had like the stick, the best white, like TV screen back then, computer comfy chair. He had a fridge in his room, 
that had Alice Cooper on it that we'll bring up again later down the down the podcast. Uh, I remember being pretty freaked out by the the I guess the even though I would kind of argue that his character Michael was the villain of the movie, but Trickster. Yeah, uh, he was kind of the mascot of the game, and I guess he's kind of a vampire. Uh, demon dude i i don't know he's one of the uh, creepiest looking people in the movie like in cinema like just looking at that guy is like they really did a even though it's cheaply done they did a good job of making him look like creepy as hell like him and howie mandel from like little monsters could be like best friends (laughs) yes very much so although maurice from little monsters is quite fun (laughs) yeah uh, um, but yeah, this movie's kind of like about like Edward Furlong, who plays this interactive video game, which basically like hypnotizes him or like gets into his mm-hmm. subconscious, and he like there's murder and all sorts of shit. And uh, this this guy that Preston's talking about, this trickster, like comes to like real life form in this kid's room to you know poke the bear type of thing he also had a that personal assistant on his computer igor oh yeah do you remember that yeah i do now oh it's been i tell you Preston, it's it's been a long time since i've seen this movie and then i remember this probably won't hold up very well in today's uh climate but he i guess he kind of got into the game because he got bored from uh snooping on his neighbor who would like change her bra and he would just film it on his camcorder that could reach into her bedroom. It's pretty creepy. Hey, I mean that happened in monster squad. Basically. It's all good. It's what, it's yeah. what, it's what young people do. <laughs> uh, so this is coming to scream factory on August 28th. You have a few months, uh, and there's no, there's no news of extras or bonus features or anything like that. But hopefully, holy God, holy God, please have Edward Furlong do a new commentary for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps have the trickster do a commentary in in character because that would yeah. be badass too. And then have Frank Langella in the corner and be like, why the hell did I do this? <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Uh, this is, yeah, it's a, I'm just excited. I'm glad this is happening just because I, you and I will most likely own this, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't imagine. I just, this just takes me back to when this movie came out and I just remember really liking it at the time. I thought it was like, cause it was like a really cool movie or like you wanted to be this kid, Edward Furlong, mm-hmm. you know, not so much now, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's 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 got sentimental value. It has sentimental value. However, I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that it's not going to hold up whatsoever. Seeing it again, <laughs> uh, I believe it. <laughs> but still, Scream Factory, thank you. You know, you give us such good things, but you also give us stuff like Troll Two, Garbage Pail mm. Kids, and then Brain Scan, <laughs> which we still love you for. <sighs> yep. Don't know what to say about it. Um, what else in the name of horror? Do you have any other horror news before we get into our bloody recommendations? Mm, I think that's. I think that covers it all. Yeah, I think that. I think that's uh, good for for a little bit of horror news that's going around the bin, the graveyard this week. Uh, but yes, my bloody recommendations. We've had some good recommendations so far. We've only done two episodes since our third episode, mm-hmm. and there seems to be a pattern so far uh, where Preston picks a fun horror movie, and I pick a sadistic, really messed up horror movie. And I, and I hope this pattern continues into this third episode. <laughs> uh, mine's not quite as light as once bitten but uh it's nowhere near as hardcore as anything that you've picked (laughs) (laughs) it's nowhere near okay so i am uh i'm I'm, what what you got for me what you got for me all right so my bloody recommendation this week is 1981's wolfen 
Directed by Michael Wadley, who directed Woodstock. Yes, yes. Um, Wolfen, holy God. I'm so glad you picked this this week because I have something very similar, and it's just great we were on the same wavelength. Because before the podcast, we know kind of what we're talking about, but we never give our 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 picks for recommendations. This 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 week panned out perfectly. Sweet <laughs> synergy, synergy, synergy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, this movie stars Albert Finney, who you may remember from Big Fish or Aaron Brockovich, or lastly, he was uh, Kincaid in Skyfall, like that caretaker of the Bond house yep. at the very end. Uh, he plays a detective who is trying to crack the case on what's what's been savage i guess like all these savage murders have been going on around new york city it's it's kind of like a silence of the lambs meets predator uh predator in that it has like these thermographic images like the, you know those heat signatures that whole look uh meets like a i don't know white fang or something uh and it's got wolves which the movie kind of plays as like a as like a mystery killer kind of like a sleepaway camp um, but I mean, it's, it's in the damn title. So, uh, it's intense. It's got Edward James almost, I always want to say almost, <laughs> almost Edward James. Edward. Almost. <laughs> so say we all. Yeah. So it's got him in it going crazy, stripping butt ass naked on the beach and <laughs> saying lines like I fuck like a bunny and I swim like a fish. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's got some nice gore, which is always an odd thing to say, but it's got good performances, good sound effects, uh, Native American mysticism, sharp editing, a, a predictable ending, kind of it lands a little flat, kind of soft, but the journey's really nice and everything else is pretty good. But yeah, it's available on uh, Blu-ray through the Warner Archive Collection. Yes, Wolfen is quite a fun film if you've never seen it. Uh, it also stars uh, Gregory Hines, if you might yeah. <laughs> remember from uh, from that wonderful Billy Crystal Gregory Hines movie. <laughs> 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 oh, sweet freedom, Mike, Michael McDonald. Um, also, Tom Noonan, who Tom Noonan is a pretty big horror guy. He was Frankenstein in Monster Squad. Uh, yeah. amongst quite a bit else. But yes, Wolfen is a super fun film, I think. I, I'm so glad. I didn't know you've ever seen this, and I'm very excited that you have seen this. Yeah, it's great. And interesting, interestingly enough, did you know that Dustin Hoffman actually wanted to play the role that went to Albert Finney instead? <laughs> uh, I could see him in that role. But uh, they the, the, the studio went with Albert uh, instead. So... Which is, I mean, I mean, I like him in the role, but it, it's a little weird, I, I guess, just because I'm most familiar with his later work to kind of see him as a younger dude who still kind of looks old. But he has like a, a sex scene with his partner in the film. Um, and it's it's like one of those when it happens, you're like, moving on, moving on. Let's, but uh, it's, yeah, it's all good fun. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, Wolfen. That's a fantastic recommendation, Preston. Count me Sweet. impressed. I like it. And, of course, the music, the score, is by the legendary James Horner. Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably have heard or seen that name in tons of movies uh, as the music. But, yeah, James Horner, a very young James Horner, uh, did the score for that. However, unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, a couple years ago. But our hearts go on. But yes, our hearts will go on. Um, yes, yes. All right, cool. So you did Wolfen. You want to hear what I picked? No, let's uh, just dive right into the... No, I'm just kidding. Go for it. <laughs> uh, my pick to go with Wolfen. We had no idea we didn't plan this. Werewolf Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I awesome. don't know if you've ever seen that, Preston. Werewolf Woman. I haven't. Nope. Okay, Werewolf Woman is a 1976 film. Um, basically, you 
you'll immediately know why Quentin Tarantino loves and endorses this movie called Werewolf Woman. He actually does. He is a huge fan of revenge stories and this Italian director. This is an Italian movie with like that really shitty English, um, this real shitty English, English, uh, what, is that? what am I? What am I looking for? Translation over it. Uh, but uh, Reno Di Silvestro directed this movie, and it is a very shocking, bloody revenge film in the horror genre. Um, and of course, Quentin Tarantino actually recommends it. He's talked about it in interviews that he loves this film, and it's like a very grindhousey type of movie. Um, but it is super cool. It follows. Uh, this chick who had a very rough time growing up. She's abused, um, and this causes her to turn into a literal monster werewolf woman who takes revenge on her attackers. <laughs> They've made tons of movies like that mimic this, you know, throughout the years. But oh my goodness, so much fun, so brutal, so grindhousey, very Tarantino esque. Highly recommended. It is on Blu-ray from Raro Video. Um, and there are interviews with the director um, and the trailer and a big booklet that comes with it. Uh, it's a fun movie. And if you like Tarantino movies, you like revenge flicks, and you just like really weird, grindhousey werewolf movies, please find Werewolf Woman. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so, Preston, are you going to, are you going to see this? Are you going to watch this? Uh, I, I might have to sit this one out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked Tarantino. You and you like you like these revenge flicks, no? Uh, maybe if I watched it in your company. Okay, okay. Well, we'll have to do that because it is so good. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's 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 getting harder to watch a lot of these uh, stranger title films that seem like they're from like the Paul Nassie collection or something, um, uh, and watch them by yourself when they could be so much more fun, way more fun in the company of good people. You know what we need to do, Preston? Just gave me an idea. I used to do hmm. a, a like a little movie marathon, like little group. We need to do that again and like do like a mini like movie marathon of two or three movies every you know, a few weeks or month and then like themed movies that you and I can show our friends somewhere. Man, it would be so wonderful if like this podcast became bigger and then we could go meet up with our good friend, Adam or somebody that owns a movie theater and just start picking our own films and talking about them. That'd be wonderful. We're going to count on it. We're going to try this. We're, we're, we're going to do this. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. This needs to happen. Oh, my, my bloody podcast and my bloody movie marathon. I'm very excited. I, can't, I don't know if you can tell. Yep. <laughs> so, yes, Werewolf Woman and Wolfen. They kind of sound the same, but it's a good double feature. I promise you. Yep. You will like it. Uh, and I think that brings us to the main event of our, uh, third episode of my bloody podcast on iTunes and Stitcher radio. And that is Friday the 13th part six, Jason lives, which is arguably again, the best film of the series. Mm -hmm. So Preston, I know you and I have watched all these movies recently Yep. We, we have a little secret information between ourselves about this franchise that's very near to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And you got you got to tell everybody why we picked this today. Well, we picked this for our third episode because I love this movie. Uh, well, I, I guess we kind of picked it to go along with the Friday the 13th theme that they got going on Texas Frightmare, but we also picked it because it's just a really good movie. Um, yeah, back in February, that you know, right around Friday the 13th area, they released the all eight movies that are a part of the, they're under the name Friday the 13th. Uh, Paramount released a really nice collection on Blu-ray. And it 
includes this film naturally and it's just it's going from film to film like you i think people are most familiar with the first one being the the low budget movie with kevin bacon and then jason's not even in the picture yet until the very 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 end of the film but it's the mom and then we just go from that to him having a bag on his head like the town that dreaded sundown and then you got 3D where he finally gets his mask, and then you get the fourth one, which is probably the second best one in the franchise. Uh, it's like legitimate, legitimately scary. And then you got the fifth one, which straight up just sucks. <laughs> and then you got this one, which uh, brings Jason back um, because you know he dies at the end of everything, uh, at the end of every film, and. Uh, it kind of retcons, Jason Lives retcons the idea of him being cremated because at the end of the fifth one they said they cremate him. But uh, he's buried at the beginning of this one. And uh, this one just tonally is just different, far different from the movies. It's In a lot of ways it's kind of like the death of the 80s horror movie where, um, you know, then it was just, if, if you're looking down the line of all the Friday the 13th films, they just had the same formula of, yeah. you know, people being at the camp and then they die and they're just completely expendable. And then this one brings like a self-awareness to it, but it's very subtle. It's not quite like today with, it's, you know, it's not like not Deadpool. Like, yeah, break or the fourth like, wall, but they're very self-aware, and I think it's like they finally brought like a very dark humor, action-packed, supernatural feel to it, and it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's the third time uh, they recast the part of Tommy Jarvis, who <laughs> <laughs> who was Corey Feldman to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense. Uh, well, I mean, they the fourth one, uh, Corey Feldman's very young in it. He's like Goonies age in it or younger. And then the fifth one jumps eight years uh, in the timeline, which I I don't know where what year or if they're even acknowledging that. But if if my math is correct it's like almost almost to like 2000 or something like that like the year 2000 but yet the cars and everything is still of the 80s um but it seems like they're just completely ignoring that five happened because the character itself of tommy is completely different because in the fifth one he's in like this mental institution that's kind of like a halfway house that that's what uh camp yes. crystal lake is kind of turned into yes. and then this one they're just it's uh they even rename it it's like a forest green green uh, i can't remember what it's called i think it's like forest it's, green forest yes yes it's uh yeah for, it's, it's not, forest green now and I, I, yeah you, you brought up that that uh that halfway house that psych ward type of thing in the fifth movie and i think in the fifth movie they were trying to make tommy jarvis kind of the bad guy in a way but then you know you're just like bring back jason and just have him kill people and just have fun with it and then the studio was like finally we got this let's just go batshit crazy with it and it worked it Mm -hmm. worked yeah it could have been uh even much much more exciting if you've watched uh the documentary that we talked about in the first episode i believe uh, the crystal lake memories where they talk extensively about how they were going to bring ideas of uh jason's father into the mix he was supposed to pop up at the end and that's the whole reason why he's buried in the film because uh the caretaker who actually dies in the movie uh spoiler alert uh he but he dies quite fantastically he gives this speech about uh how drinking is going to kill him and then he tosses the bottle and he's anticipating that that the bottle's going to just break on the ground and it doesn't happen because jason catches it breaks it and then stabs him with it but 
he was supposed to still be alive by the end of the movie, and Jason's father was going to tell. Uh, he he was paying him to look over the grave and make sure that he's not cremated. And so that would have been really interesting because we haven't heard anything about Jason's father at this point. So they had a lot of this director, um, Tom McLaughlin. Is that right? Yes. Yes. yes, Yeah. Um, He just had all these great ideas, but there's still like a lot of things he still, he has to, it has to work within uh, these types of types of movies and the studio can still make another movie out of, and they just felt like it's not like uh, star Wars where, you know, Ryan Johnson picks it up right after that and can just do whatever the hell he wants and then leaves it off for JJ to do what he wants with it. It's uh, they still have to like set it up in that still formula formulaic way where it kind of, you know, how it starts and then where it's going to end. But this one, yeah, that that whole, all the comedy and even his, Jason's entire presence in the film has this, like, Terminator style. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like a huge badass that can just, like, rip through trees and just... <laughs> it's not like original in the, the previous films. He's just, like, he's a big machine now, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't know his entire strength because, like, one of the early scenes in the film is when they're playing paintball. Like, these uh, people are just playing paintball in the middle of the forest and then uh, this guy who's like a misogynist is like making cracking jokes about uh, this woman needs to stay in the kitchen and he has a machete for some reason. I don't know why. And um, Jason finds him and just slams him up against a tree that has a smiley face cut out in it and his blood just goes over the smiley face. But then the camera cuts back to Jason and he's holding his arm still. And it pans down, and his arm's completely detached. He didn't. He didn't cut it off. He is just so strong that he ri- he just ripped it off and threw him into the tree. And he just kind of like cocks his head at it, where he just doesn't even realize that he's that strong. So that's that's what's kind of fun about this movie. Like, there's all these death scenes, and then uh, his just like these very small, subtle moments where he just kind of reacts to things, and we just haven't quite seen that. Yes, yes, it's uh, it, it's it's really funny. I, I I love that scene, but yeah, it's the whole movie's. Uh, got these fun moments in them and definitely set the tone for the rest of the film in the rest of the movies in the series for sure going down like kind of like this mixed genre I think mm-hmm. I think do you, have a, do you have a favorite death scene in it? oh that one is pretty good because that's the, always one I always think of just because it actually shows Jason like Huh? I didn't know I was this strong. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Uh, what about you? Um, I th- probably I don't, I don't know. It's hard to. There's two two of them that really stick out, and there's the opening scene where Tommy's who who's kind of made this vow that he's just going to burn and destroy Jason until he's ash, and so him and his buddy who's the the actor's escaping my mind, but he's from Welcome Back, Cotter. Yes, 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 he is. So he's <laughs> he's going with him, and he's just like, okay, dude, yeah, sure, let's go do this. And then uh, so they got, like, gasoline in the back of the truck, and then he goes there, they dig up the grave, and then he's prepared to uh, unleash all this gasoline on him and burn him to a crisp, but he just has this small feeling that he just needs to grab a metal rod off uh, the gate, the iron gate that's surrounding the cemetery and just stabs him with it. And that's what brings him back to life in like a Frankenstein kind of fashion where the lightning bolt just hits it twice, brings him back to life. And then immediately the dude from Welcome Back, Carter, gets his heart ripped out, just like punched right through the chest. And then his heart's on the other side, still still beating and so it's like one of the, the more bloody scenes in the movie, but 
so that one's a good one. But the, the one that I probably think about the most is the RV sequence, which uh, these two, this couple that are, you know, camp counselors. And this, by the way, this is like one of the first movies that brings kids into the mix at the camp because we always get like the 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 counselors there and they're waiting for the kids and the kids just they're not there yet it had like all the horror happens beforehand and in this one the kids finally arrive and it has some creepy moments in it where like Jason's like hovering over a kid's bed and then the kid like one of the girls that's in it uh she starts saying like the the inter sandman type prayer and then uh so that that that's frightening like that's probably one of the darkest elements to the entire series period but anyway the rv sequence there's a there's a couple they're having sex and there's no nudity in this film (laughs) compared to the the rest of them and so they're having like this weird aerobic sex I, i i don't know what's going on here but um and then uh, they decide to leave because uh, some creepy's going on. They're they're sensing that some that some something's there. And then the dude just uh, who's uh, I think he's John Travolta's cousin. He's related to him some way, but he he looks like the guy from like Twenty One Jump Street that has like the the key hanging from his ear or a fish hook. <laughs> and so he's driving this Winnebago. And then the girl that he's with, it just starts flying to the back of the, the, the Winnebago because he's driving super fast. And um, then Jason's just hiding in the bathroom in there. And she, and then he grabs her, takes her into the bathroom, and she's putting up a fight. But the best part is when she actually dies is he grabs the back of her head and just shoves her towards the camera. And it just goes through the wall. Well, not through it kind of looks like uh, when uh, Freddie in the first Nightmare on Elm Street where he's just, you know, the wallpaper is just stretching over him. Yeah. It looks like that. So that that that's the death scene that sticks out to me most probably. All right. Yeah, those are those are good ones. Uh, those, are, Yeah, you need to see – if you haven't seen any of the Friday the 13th movie, just watch part six. It's really good. We'll see all of them, but you're going to like part six. Uh, did you know that they shot three different endings for this movie? Uh, yeah, I heard about one. I'm not sure about all of them. Yeah, one of them has like Jason's mask floating to the surface of Crystal Lake, uh, and then it cuts to black. Another one, it has the deputy sheriff uh, going to the jail and trying to get the jail keys. Um, after being locked in there, but the door to the police station opens and the film immediately cuts to black, which would tell you that Jason is freed and coming to get him. Mm. And then, of course, we got uh, um, what the current ending is, showing the close-up of Jason's eye uh, mm-hmm. opening and twitching. So I think I, – I, I'm glad they went with that. Um because it, it makes it a little full circle because it opens with his eye yes. uh, when he when he's reanimated. Yeah, it's a damn good damn good movie. Now we have to talk about the soundtrack because oh, yes. there's one rock god, rock legend who lent a lot of his music to this movie. I mean, there's the score, of course, by Harry Manfredini, who's done all of Friday Thirteenth movies. But we actually have some soundtrack. Yeah, yeah there's uh, like rock songs by who? They're all done by the same person. Alice Cooper. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Alice he does. Cooper. He does three songs in the movie. So he did Teenage Frankenstein, and he did uh, it's like a rock and roll one. It's when they're driving around in the he, he, T-bird he, uh, or Hard Rock yeah. Summer. Um, yep. I'm no animal. Oh, not I'm no animal. I mean, uh, he's back. The man behind the mask, which is the best one. Correct, and you'll hear it all through the movie. Um, it's really cool that like Alice Cooper was just like a big fan. I guess it's like, yeah, hell yeah, use it. <laughs> yeah, I was great. I was watching. Yeah, on Crystal Lake Memories, they they were talking about. Uh, his approach to that song and the song itself is kind of, 
it's kind of basic in the way that it's explaining things. It's just kind of like just stating like what's kind of going on. Uh, you're with your baby. Yeah. And yeah, all that. Um, but, uh, the, the whole approach, like he tried to do something a little more rocky and then they wanted something that kind of worked with the themes that the, the theme of the, the whole franchise. So that's worked into it. And, yeah, you just get this nice little catchy Brock ballad that uh, I wasn't really anticipating when I revisited it recently because I completely forgot. And uh, I just, my son, who's eight months old, I just grabbed him and we just started dancing to it. <laughs> it, it I mean, Alice Cooper's got some good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great soundtrack because most of the soundtracks of the Friday Thirteen franchise don't have much in the way of songs to them, but this one definitely did. Uh, yeah, it, it's super good and super fun and highly recommended. Uh, I think yeah, you would love it, and it it did well in the theaters, you know. Um, it, kind, kind of. Well, it did. It did worse than any of the other films, but I think a, a lot of them kind of suspected that it just had to deal with the fifth one not not being the kind of movie that they wanted. And but it found its life after you know being on video and after people kind of uh, realized that it truly is a great film. It is, yeah. And it was it was released in 1986. I was five years old Preston how old were you I was uh, I, I was about to make a joke here about swimming around in my dad's nutsack but I'm not going to do that <laughs> missed opportunity man missed opportunity you don't get those too often <laughs> just a, <laughs> I forgot <laughs> I forgot what there's a movie that said that, but that's just such a disturbing image that it's just like I'm not I'm not gonna say that, but I already did. It's out there. He was swimming around like Jason in Camp Crystal Lake, drowning. <laughs> Dad's not sack. <laughs> that's a mental image, folks. Keep it. <laughs> oh no. I'll, uh, sign, I'll, I'll sign it later. I'll sign it later. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Um, yeah, that is, that, is our, that is our third episode of My Bloody Podcast. Do we have anything else to add before we end? Yeah, I guess I need to add uh, something I teased about earlier, talking to uh, one of the people involved in the making of this film. Uh, he is C.J. Graham, who actually portrayed Jason. Um, I spoke with him for about 30 minutes. He'll be at Texas Frightmare this year, along with uh, the rest of the guys who played Jason, but had a really, really nice combo with him. Uh, he's just a just as down to earth and genuine as you would want any person that you're interviewing or talking to, to be. So, um, he just told me all these stories about how, uh, a lot, of, a lot of them I, I, I kind of knew about from just cause I'm a huge fanatic of this particular film. So I've watched, you know, Crystal Lake Memories, which I've already talked about in the making of this film and the commentary, and uh, so they they talk. He, he spoke about how he wasn't the original uh, person to play Jason. They they had another stuntman in the part, and he actually is still in the movie during that very paintball scene that we were talking about. That was the first scene that they shot in the film. And then uh, so I guess the studio got the dailies back, and they weren't impressed with it, or just uh, they it wasn't the physique that they wanted the, the physicality that they wanted from jason he's kind of a he's real bulky like if you look at his build compared to the rest of the film like he's just a, a very large dude during that scene but the rest of it he's much he's a little leaner taller he's like six three and uh just very very commanding performance for uh you know no no talking as uh, this whole series is, but uh, yeah, uh, just uh, if, if you're a fan of this film, visit his booth and uh, you'll you'll be impressed and 
completely satisfied with uh, any anything that you have to uh, talk to him about. Like he's just very nice guy. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend comes up this weekend. Uh, be there or be square. Um, I believe it is at the DFW uh, hotel, right? The DFW airport, yeah. uh, the Hilton. Yeah, the yeah Dallas Fort Worth. Yep. Yes, um, it'll be there, and uh, there'll be all sorts of fun things. But yes. My Bloody Podcast episode three is down Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives. Um, Preston Barta, thank you as always. You are an amazing man. That makes me <laughs> laugh. Uh, where can everyone find you in tweet, sweet, sweet pictures of WWE to you? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Preston Barta, B A R T A, on Twitter. And I write for FreshFiction.tv. I'm the features editor there. And you can find all my theatrical and home video and interviews that I'll be doing at Frightmare and other places at uh, Ditton Record Chronicle. So DittonRC.com. Fantastic. And I'm Brian Kluger, BoomstickComics.com and HighDefDigest.com. Uh, and of course, you know, the Multimedia Men podcast where you can find shows like this one, My Bloody Podcast, or Mediaocrity, or Wrestling is Everything is Wrestling. And even We Have Questions. We're all there. Um, subscribe, iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We, uh, we hope to be more places. And we will be back next week with another uh, horrific and bloody podcast. We love you. <laughs>